Join us in person and mingle with the Start Local community. We have been talking about it for a few months now, so we are very excited to share the specifics of our first in-person gathering. Folks who subscribe to our emails already have these details, but we are sharing them now with our listeners. Come on out to meet and get to know the wonderful people in our Start Local community. We'll gather at Stolen Sun in Exton on Wednesday, March 27th from 5 to 7 p.m. Experience engaging conversations, dynamic people, and great food and drink. Attendance is free, but registration is required. Learn more and register on our website at startlocal.co forward slash gather. Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. Hello and welcome to Start Local, where we connect with local leaders to support local businesses and nonprofits in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Eric Goodmanson, and I am here with my co-host, Liam Dempsey. Hi, Liam. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Eric. Thanks. All right. Today, we're chatting with Robert Martin. Robert's the Director of Development at Camp Hill Kimberton Village. Bob, welcome to Start Local. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, I wonder if I could uh, have you take a few moments to tell me a little bit about yourself. We, we know that you're Bob Martin. We know you're in charge of development at Camp Hill Kimberton Village. But how did you get involved with them and how long have you been with them? Well, let me start. Well, first of all, uh, nice to meet you both, and uh, I'm very pleased and uh, honored to to be on this. Uh, so, I uh, let me start at the beginning. I was uh, born actually in Philadelphia in 1940. I'm going to tell you about myself first. Please do. Uh, uh, I um, my father was a union organizer. My mother was a high school teacher. My uh, name, Martin, my father's name was actually Gottfried. He had changed it when he came from Poland in 1923 to Martin. Uh, anyway, I went to, uh, I grew up in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, mostly. Uh, I went to the Curtis Institute to study cello when I was 17. And I also attended Haverford College. I majored in philosophy there. Um, although my main interest was music, I got very interested in philosophy. And, and after finishing Curtis and Haverford, I actually uh, decided to study philosophy further. So I went to Yale University and did my doctorate there in a field uh, sort of philosophy of logic. And uh, uh, then I had a, a career at various schools. I taught um, Rutger, well, Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo, Rutgers. I was at UCLA. Uh, over the years, uh, uh, my wife and I lived in Taiwan for a year and a half while she was doing field work in anthropology. Uh, in 1975, I actually left academic life and joined a string quartet, which had always been a dream. And I did that for 10 years, and the quartet traveled uh, internationally and recorded. It was called the Sequoia Quartet. Uh, that was a wonderful experience. Uh, then I, after that, I did a bunch of different things. I 
actually worked for a computer company called Unisys using the logic that I had, uh, material I had learned in graduate school and in philosophy. And uh, <clears throat> I taught at Haverford College briefly, uh, and, and, but lived for 19 years in Los Angeles, then in, uh, went to Bard College in 1994, both to do philosophy and music. The music I've always uh, played, I play cello. Uh, the teaching has been in philosophy. And then in 2005, actually, we had the great uh, privilege to start a new conservatory of music at, within Bard. And it was a program such as the one that I had been happy to be in, which was, well, it was a five-year, it is a five-year conservatory program where every student has to do, in addition to the Bachelor of Music degree, a degree in, in some other academic field, a second BA. Uh, so that was uh, wonderful. And uh, in 2019, I stepped down as director of the conservatory but continued, uh, we moved to Berlin for two years and I taught philosophy there. <clears throat> and then the story comes to Camp Hill Village, Kimberton Hills. So maybe I should take a breath and see if, if that made any sense or if you have any questions. No, that absolutely made sense. And I'm really curious how this track that you're on connects with Camp Hill, Kimberton Village. So what brought you there and, and what inspired you to, to, to get started and deepen your relationship with them? Well, what brought us here was really uh, a kind of curious situation. We were actually scheduled to move to a retirement community, uh, and <clears throat> but we wanted to have a certain kind of apartment, and we were on the waiting list. We thought we'd better do something to get, you know, till so we could get there further on the waiting list and so forth, or closer to, and we... We're looking actually to spend a year or two someplace else, maybe as volunteers. And we came to visit Camp Hill Village, Kimberton Hills. We had heard about it. Um, and we found out soon that the, the short-term volunteers who come for a year or two are young people who work extremely hard. It's, it's wonderful. They volunteer. They work in the fields and the dairy, uh, in the craft shops. They're extremely vital but it really wasn't, uh, we weren't uh, the right age to do that work. So, however, we liked it so much and we came up with an idea, made a proposal that we would uh, make a gift large enough for the community to build a small house that would be useful, especially for retired uh, long-term co-workers. I can say more about those terms, but uh, I guess it's self-explanatory. Um, and that we would uh, make that gift, but we would then ask for the right to live in the house uh, for the rest of our, as long as we can. And meanwhile, we would cover our expenses and volunteer and try to be useful. And the, to answer your question, I, when it came to what I could do, uh, I mean, for my wife, it was easy because she offered to help in the herb garden and she's very interested in that. And, I said I could help by trying to set up some music programs because the community loves music and has a wonderful performing space called Rose Hall. And I would also, if, if, if I could be helpful with fundraising, I would do that because I had done quite a bit at Bard as director of the conservatory and 
I was also vice president for a while. So the community took us up on that. And we came here in 2021. Uh, meanwhile, the house was built and we were, so we're extremely fortunate and extremely happy. We, we love the house that was built. Uh, we love living here. And uh, so after, so anyway, again, I'll pause just to take a breath. Uh, uh, that's, that's sort of the basis of our being here. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting story, and I wonder if I could I could just deviate a little bit from some of the questions we asked, and and maybe just ask you over a couple of minutes to talk about the village and what it is and what its ethos is, because I I know a lot of people in the Greater Chester County area have heard of it, and it has a very positive uh, reputation, but I don't think people really understand what exactly it is, and I was lucky enough. Uh, recently to come out and visit you and, and, and meet some of the folks in your community and get a tour. And that was really eye-opening for me in a lot of different ways. So again, I'll, I'll invite you, if you don't mind, just spend a couple of minutes and tell us really about what, what the village is, what it does, and what its purpose is. No, thank you. I, I would love to. Um, as you said, uh, people we meet here have heard of it, but don't know much. And it's, uh, it's such a Wonderful place. So I'm very, very happy to have this chance. Uh, I would start by saying it's a, an intentional income sharing, life sharing community of about 115 adults, especially including adults with disabilities, intellectual disabilities. I think uh, roughly half of the population. Um, it is a uh, it's just celebrated its 50th birthday last year. We had a wonderful celebration. It's part of the international Camp Hill movement. There are more than 100 uh, Camp Hill uh, sites, Camp Hill, uh, around the, uh, the world. And, you know, many in the UK and in, in France, Germany, uh, South Africa, Korea, Vietnam. There are, I think, 19 in the U.S. or in, the, in North America. It, it uh, was founded, um, the movement, the Camp Hill movement was founded in 1940 in a town in uh, Scotland called Camp Hill, and that's where it got the name. So it's one word. It's not nothing to do with, with Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, in, in uh, western Pennsylvania. It was founded by a man named Carl Koenig, who was a, a pediatrician who was interested in curative education of children with disabilities. They had to, he and colleagues had to flee Vienna in 1938 when the Nazis came. Uh, the, I don't want to take too long, but it's a fascinating story. The, uh, the Koenig and his, this movement was inspired by the writings of Rudolf Steiner, uh, another perhaps best-known um, organization that movement that was inspired by Steiner is the Waldorf School movement. It's quite well known around the world. So the Waldorf schools are also uh, also owe their heritage to the writings of Rudolf Steiner. Uh, the Anthroposophy was the uh, the sort of philosophy that. Rudolf Steiner developed uh, in the early 20th century. And uh, 
that's the basis uh, ideology uh, for that and the ideas of Camp Hill. So maybe that's too long a, an account, but uh, people here are volunteer. They live here. There are, as I said, the villagers who are people with uh, intellectual disabilities. They many have been here since it was founded in in here in uh, 1972, uh, and uh, and they will live here all their life. And uh, then there are the long term co workers uh, who live here and have their families and live their lives here, and then short term volunteers who come from all over the world. That's one of the was one of the attractions for us. This wonderful mix of young people from from Germany and France and South America, and, uh, Korea and so forth, who come for a year or two and many then decide to stay longer. Uh, so that's only the beginning. This is, oh, I should just say one more, a few more things. It's very much connected to the land and to care of the land. There's a big uh, agricultural uh, production here uh, where, with a community supported agriculture program. There's a dairy of, um, about a hundred cows and milk and cheese is produced. There are crafts and all of these things. So there's an herb garden, all of these uh, production workshops um, sell uh, what they make. And that's a large part of the support for, for the organ for Camp Hill. And it's also important because everybody is working for the good of the community and the community supports all the uh, people who live here. I was glad to hear you explain all that in detail along with the background because someone driving past your facility sees your signs, sees that there's something going on up there. But I think a lot of people don't know exactly what's happening there. So, you know, not only is there the gardens and orchard, there's a bakery, there's a cafe, there's exactly. there's craft studios, and, and they're open to the public to some extent. And I saw you even have a craft store available online right now. So how does the community get involved with the outside community and you know, part of the larger Chester County community as a whole? And how does that tie with the wisdom of the human being in the philosophy that's, that's there and, and threaded through the, the community? Well, first I want to say that um, I'm, will give you just my thoughts, but there are people who have lived here much, much longer and are much wiser and understand better. So I, I just give a, a, <laughs> that uh, caveat. Uh, but I think our connection to the local community, for one thing, very importantly, I would say is the protection of open space and water quality, making the community, this area a better place to live. This is a 432 acre piece of land that is, uh, that is farmed in a biodynamic way. Uh, the uh, every the attention to the land and the quality of the French Creek, which borders the community, is extremely important. Then the uh, the products of the farm and the dairy and the herb garden, which are sold here and online, the craft products. We have residential uh, pro and day programs for for people with disabilities, and that's a, a support for the community. We, um, we have cultural events here. Um, I, I mentioned that when I came, I offered to set up some musical things. I set up something called the uh, Chamber Music Residency Project. And we've had one season with public concerts, open to the free concerts here in Rose Hall 
I bring uh, young, small ensembles for periods of four to seven days, and they live in the community and participate, uh, have meals here, open rehearsals, and rehearse every day, and uh, have a, a mentor who comes in to coach them. And at the end of the period, the ensemble gives a public concert, and that has been really wonderful. We had a group from Juilliard. We had uh, a mixed uh, Chinese and Western instrument ensemble. We had a jazz improvisation ensemble and a trio from Manhattan School in New York. And we're going to do another season of that next year. And besides those concerts, there are so many others. The Kimberton Arts Alliance holds events here. Uh, many, many uh, cultural events, which all are open to the public. And we we want to do a better job of making uh, making those making everyone aware. In that connection, we're going to host a Harvest Festival on September 23. Uh, very much hoping to bring in the public from Phoenixville and the surrounding area. And I'll say a few more things of the community relation. The uh, by bringing volunteers here local volunteers as well as from around the world. I think that's a, a terrific opportunity for people to spend time here. It's, a, it's used by m many as a gap year after college or after high school. Uh, and those opportunities uh, to be here and to be with young people from around the world. And then finally, and perhaps most broadly, uh, I see this as a kind of um, a, a radical social experiment. After all, people are here not uh, being paid, uh, right? They're, they are, are working to, as part of a community and learning what it means to, uh, to help others and be helped by the community. So it's a, a different model. It's, um, I don't want to wax political about it, but it's a very um, uh, important, I think, model of a possibility of, of social life. That last point about social life, as I shared earlier in the conversation, Bob, I was lucky to come visit you folks um, and tour the village and see the fields and see the farms and drive by French Creek. And, and the whole concept of shared everything, I, I feel yeah. like I could do a show with you on that alone and, and maybe a whole series on that. It was a lot, and it's very, very different. And I also want to touch on one other thing that you shared with me, um, and perhaps because I asked about it, was around giving giving the villagers who who have disabilities, who who agency and control in a safe place. And they really are free to roam is the, is the bad is bad phrasing, you know, they, they have somewhere where they can safely go about their day and their business and their work and their role without needing to be shepherded for their own safety. And, and I found that really profound that there's right in our own little neighborhood, if you will, there's this place where folks like that really do have the opportunity to, to flourish in ways that perhaps the rest of uh, the world does not afford them. That was Again, I've been thinking a lot about that as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm glad. You know, each thing you mentioned makes me think of things that I, I wish I could say more clearly. The, the unit is the house is like a family. There are, I think, 12 houses. Uh, and there's a householder, usually a couple, 
with children often, uh, and then maybe three or four or five villagers living there, then three or four or five uh, co-workers, the young, the, the short-term co-workers, and the meals are there and uh, everyone lives there. And everyone goes to work at 8.30 in the morning until noon, except on Friday when there's a meeting, uh, you know, of the, of the neighborhood to discuss issues and whatever. And then they would go home for lunch and people walk to their work site. It's very healthy. And uh, then after the lunch meal, there's a rest period. And from 2.30 until 5, again, working either in a craft shop or in the farm or in the dairy or people uh, clean houses or make the meals or work on the estate, cutting firewood or planing logs or clearing trails. I mean, there's a huge variety, but everyone works together and feels important and needed. Um, so, yes, it's really extraordinary. I mean, we, uh, we're still, um, almost every day my wife and I say how lucky we are to be, because the people here are it's just so nice, <laughs> for one thing. Well, as you talk about all the ways that people from the community get involved and all the things that you offer to the community, tell us what the community can do for you. What can the community do to, to help your organization? Oh, well, that's, that's interesting. I do want to mention in, uh, about uh, our connection to the community that there, uh, in our party, our 50th anniversary party last October, we uh, picked out uh, a group of, I think, eight uh, community organizations that we wanted to honor, that we whose work we appreciate. And I just want to mention the ones, and there I'm sure could have been others, but these organizations sent representatives to our celebration and spoke briefly. And it was quite wonderful to have that feeling that, that we recognize their work and, and they, like us, it was the Alianzas de Phoenixville, Anne's Heart, the Chester County Community Foundation, the Chester County Food Bank, uh, something called Partners Creating Community, uh, the theater company People's Light, the Phoenixville Area Community Services, the uh, Phoenixville Community Health Foundation, and Orion Communities. So all of them, and we want to do more partnering because we're all in the same business of trying to have a good life and make other people's lives better. As to what we could, uh, what we could need help with, I would like to be better, that we should be a little better known. I mean, now I have my development hat on, but we need to raise funds. And the first thing is to have people know about our work and to know us. And we want to be known. We want people to visit. I mean, we're very busy with what we do here, but but we are going to work on setting up programs where people can visit and have tours and have activities for children and so forth. Um, also, we're looking to have business partners, corporate, uh, I don't know quite what the word will be, um, you know, corporate friends or partners, but uh, the, the uh, local contractors and uh, uh banks and stores. I mean, one very good example is Kimberton Whole Foods because Terry Bread is a very good friend of our community. But those um, 
relationships are extremely important to us. And uh, also say that volunteers, uh, people who have who would like to get involved, this could be, you know, coming for a day or so to, to help. It could be a, a more regular volunteer opportunity, maybe even helping on committees, finance committee, development committee. So there are really many opportunities for people to be involved and to help us. And I've seen some of your, your foods that you're creating and, and local baked goods available in local stores that, that individuals yes. can purchase, right? Yes, absolutely. So that's, of course, uh, to patronize those, those stores and buy those brands is a great help for us. We sell our milk, not only here locally, but also in, in New York City. Every, or I'm sorry, in Philadelphia, not in New York. Every week a truck goes, or maybe twice a week, with this whole milk that's sold. So yes, all of that's important. It really starts with, uh, yeah, knowing knowing who we are uh, and knowing that we're eager to to connect. Yeah, we'll certainly put links to uh, the locations where folks can buy your products, and we'll uh, put links to your website and the different ways where they can buy either your crafts and the other things that your the village offers for sale online absolutely and uh we'll also go ahead and link up all those those great organizations that you mentioned if uh, mm -hmm. anybody wants to learn more about them they'll be able to find links on the show notes over at startlocal.co our website is uh is uh, camphillkimberton.org and so all the cultural events i mentioned that will all be posted and sort of of course a lot of information be useful. I would like to ask Bob a little bit about this uh, because it, when I was visiting Bob, it was such a different environment. And I don't necessarily just mean grassy, lovely rolling hills and trees and, and fields, but it was a, it was a very, very different environment in the way that it felt, the way that people looked at each other, talked to each other, engaged with each other. And because the village is both home and work, Right. Um, that that, you know, in some ways, a lot of us who worked from home during COVID is that that was something new to us. But you're a guy that's, you know, you've traveled the world with 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 I'll call it your band. I'm sure you didn't call it the band, but, you know, you traveled the world that way. You held academic positions. You know, you spent a long time up at Bard in a variety of teaching and, and administrative roles. If you had to narrow it down to kind of one big thing about that makes Camp Hill up in Kimberton Village so unique and so different as compared to all the other experiences of living and working that you've had. How would you, how would you, what would you put that on? Where would you, where would you point us at? Uh, it's, it's a big question. I appreciate that, but I, I I know you're uh, you're a deep thinker. You're into your philosophy. You're into logic. You've written books on it. And I expect that in your two years, while actually living on site in the village, that you've probably been pondering, if not that question, questions not far from it. Well, it's yeah, it's a very good question. The I, I the idea of trying to find um, you know a single concept or phrase or difference is difficult. No, it's a very reasonable thing to, because then it, it makes one try to dig deep to figure out, you know, what's, what's, what's at the core. 
but in a way, I'm so struck by by the by the variety, by the uh, this this idea that that the place is really about so many different things. Just to say that it's a place where there are people with disabilities who, who live a life of that's useful and dignified and free and wonderful. That's absolutely true and inspiring, but it's really only one, one thing. There's so much else, this uh, care of the land and this idea of the social experiment. People not, you know, people don't own cars here. The house has a car or several cars. The community has cars. The community makes trips and goes, the, you know, on, on, beach trips and vacations, but it's, it's all done. It's not anyway. So there are so many aspects that I haven't maybe <laughs> gotten my head around all of it. I really, uh, uh, it's really extraordinary. Uh, we, as soon as we were here a couple of days, um, my wife and I just said, we, we want to be here. We want to live here. So uh, it's, Maybe it's, <laughs> from my point of view at my age, is maybe instead of selfishness, we just thought this is a really cool place and we'd like to be here. Uh, but I don't know if I can, you know, find the essence. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And, and I knew going in that that was going to be a perhaps <laughs> impossible question. So, so thank you for entertaining it and, and responding to it. Bob, before we say goodbye to you today, please go ahead and just share where, where folks can find you online and learn more about you and perhaps more importantly, more about the village. Yes. Yeah, so our website address is camphillkimberton.org. And uh, I'm the development director. I would love for anyone who would want to learn more or talk about uh, connections to give me a call. I, you know, my number can be found easily at the website. Um, and thank you so much. This was really a wonderful opportunity uh, for me personally. And I think it's good for, for Camp Hill Village, Kimberton Hills to, to be on your podcast and to connect with our local community. And thank you for the work you do. Thank you very much for spending some time with us today and sharing everything that's going on at Camp Hill Kimberton Village with uh, with us and our listeners. And I suspect I say everything, but I suspect there's even more that we didn't have a chance to get into today. So I, I'd encourage all of our listeners to, to check out your website and hopefully uh, dive in, check out an event in person. And, and, and for me personally, taste some of the food because it's it's very delicious. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening to today. Really appreciate your support of our show. For any links or anything else that we talked about during the show, go on over to startlocal.co. And while you're there, take a minute to subscribe, and we'll, we'll send you an email when a new podcast episode comes out. Thanks, and take care of yourself out there. <laughs>